Welcome to the Rural Revitalization Network podcast, and I am your host, Pastor Rob Beckett. The Rural Revitalization Network is committed to encouraging pastors, churches, and communities throughout rural America to engage, equip, and empower through local resources to build God's church. Welcome to episode number 20 of the Rural Revitalization Podcast. Today I'm here with you. I am Pastor Rob Beckett. I'm your host. And we are going to be talking about the enemy named Good Enough. Many times in our Christian walk and in our personal lives, we tend to settle for good enough and not giving God his due and everything that he expects of us and just settling for good enough in our life. The thing is, once you've made peace with good enough, you'll always be satisfied with it. Others will argue that in the course of developing through life, it is preferable to be realistic and settle for a happy medium rather than obtaining something near perfection. But I say that this way of thinking is the enemy named good enough. Why? Because when you've never, when you're never striving to improve, you'll always be stuck in mediocrity. Think about it this way. If you're content with just getting by, then you'll never achieve anything great. You'll never push yourself to reach your full potential. You'll never know what you're truly capable of and what you're capable of that God has called you into. So I say, don't settle for good enough. Shoot for the stars. And even if you only reach the moon, it is still better than where you started from. Always strive to improve. And you just might surprise yourself with what God can do with you and what God can achieve through you. If we look at the definition for good enough, it says to settle for, accept, or agree to something while not really wanting it, or deciding to have something that is not the greatest option. Heaven forbid, may we not live lives of good enough. When it comes to life, don't be content with good enough. There is so much more out there for you to experience. Keep pushing yourself to reach new heights, and you'll find that the sky's the limit. So don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and achieve something great for God. Do you truly want your life to be remembered as one that was good enough? The problem with good enough is that many of us have found ourselves in a position at some point in our lives where we had accepted, for instance, a job that didn't even come close to fulfilling our potential. But it paid the bills, and that is what we needed most at that moment. I've certainly been there, and and maybe you have too. And there's a lot to be said for taking responsibility for your life and your obligations. But that doesn't mean settling in for the long haul by giving in to the idea that 
This is going to be the best that you'll ever be able to do. I see this pattern often, even in personal relationships. Uh, and you probably know someone too that, that accepts uh, bad behavior by someone else or excusing broken promises or, or accommodating people who take more than they give. Individually, these transgressions are annoying and even hurtful. But over time, it can become surprisingly easy for people to grow accustomed to the behavior because it is familiar and it's easier to stay in that than try to break from that. So, the same holds true for the church and our participation in the ministry of the church. The bottom line is if you find yourself repeatedly rationalizing six different ways to Sunday about why you should stick with things the way they are, even though you're not happy with them. It's a pretty clear sign that consciously or not, you have made a choice to accept good enough as your standard. It is not healthy when a person makes a commitment to the church or to the ministry or to membership to lead other people and there is no consistency or sense of obligation. People will say, think to themselves, I come once in a while, I pay tithes when it's convenient or, or I participate in Bible studies occasionally, but they don't want you to ask them questions if you don't see them for a few weeks about where they were. For them, they've done good enough. Sadly, this happens most with people's walk with the Lord. You know, I might, they might think that uh, I read the Bible verse on Facebook as I scroll through it, or, or I come to church if it's convenient and if I don't have nothing else to do. Uh, and don't ask me to read the Bible. I have video games to play or Netflix to, to be binging through and to be watching. People ask me uh, uh, to take the time to pray for them and, and I'll throw up an emoji or some kind of praying hands or something for them. But people, if they are asking, has the confidence that asking you to pray for them or pray for a loved one or pray for a situation, uh, they are asking because they have confidence in you. And if you're only giving them good enough, I guarantee you that is not what they wanted. They wanted you to give everything you got because it meant everything to them. So we can't be living this good enough and expecting to be pleasing God in our Christian walk and in our Christian service. So is my walk with Jesus just good enough? We need to, as individuals, we need to be looking at this. And as, as a churches, we need to be looking at this. Jesus does not want you to live lives of good enough or just settling. Not too many people would disagree that each day of our lives needs to be lived to the fullest. Now, how this fullest of life is achieved is open to many opinions and many interpretations. Many people uh, in the world uh, take a secular path to happiness and fulfillment, while others seek a fullness of life along the spiritual road. There are many paths in between, and those who are searching for them uh, are, are looking for the most in their life. 
But when Jesus talks about living life to the fullest, I believe he has something very different in mind than we do. In the first 10 verses of John 10, Jesus addresses this important topic. He is discussing his role as the Good Shepherd and in verse 10 states his purpose on earth. He says, I came so that they could have life. Indeed, so that they could have life to the fullest. Just what is this abundant life to the fullest that Jesus talks about? Could it be a life with plenty of to eat and good health and all the money we want and a few troubles to and only a few troubles to bother us? Life in lush green pastures? Did he come to give us the kind of abundant life that is comfortable and convenient? We should be reminded that life is not always green pastures and quiet, peaceful meadows. Sin has caused a traumatic disruption to the life that God originally planned for us. But Jesus knows all about the sin and the evil of this life. He warns us that we will suffer. But he has sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to help us through the darkness. When Jesus looked at the Palestinian uh, uh, countryside, he saw the hungry, the oppressed, the sin, and each person's personal rebellion against him. But he also saw peaceful sheep and the green pastors. In the middle of all this, Jesus spoke of the abundant life. A life lived to the fullest. So what did he mean? I believe Jesus meant to have this full life, this abundant life, is to live so close to him that we become one with him. Paul speaks of this imitation of Christ in the letter to the Philippians. We need to adopt the attitude Jesus has. Empty ourselves of ourselves become slaves to Christ and servants to each other, humble and obedient. It means getting to the point where we take our hands completely off our lives. Not, not even a finger is left on any of our activities or our thoughts. All is surrendered to the control of Jesus. We begin to imitate Christ in our thoughts, in our actions, our words, and our opinions of others. We realize that we don't need more things in our lives. Instead, we make uh, do with what we have so that we can have more to share with others. Prayer and the study of Scripture become the top priority in our life. This abundant life that Jesus died to give us causes us to want to share the good news with others. So we want to talk Jesus to those who will listen. This change of lifestyle is made possible by the activity of the Holy Spirit, who gives us a new spirit which is in tune with God's purpose for us. The abundant life, it's not about religion. It's about grace greater than our sin. It's about sanctified, holy lives. It's about the deep down assurance that you belong to the risen Savior. It's about a desire to tell your brothers and sisters about this new life. Life to the fullest is God's gift to us, free and unconditional. 
So how are we doing in our desire to live a full life and is Christ at the center of our efforts? Every day people settle for less than they deserve. They are only partially living or at best living a partial life. Every human being has potential for greatness. So are we living lives of good enough? Or is perfectionism a better option? Not at all. There is an alternative approach that we won't see discussed often except by people who are living it. And that is a healthy striving to achieve excellence for God. Excellence is the desire and the effort to do your best for God because He is worth it. It doesn't matter if it's studying ahead of time and teaching with preparedness for your Sunday school class or practicing your piano skills more than just 30 minutes before the service or wait, uh, and not waiting till Saturday night to think about what you're going to preach on Sunday morning. Maybe it's showing up and volunteering when you say you're going to volunteer. It means more than just showing up three minutes after the service starts. Pursuing excellence as your standard for living enables you to effectively align your values with day-to-day -day living as you build a full and rewarding life without the demands of perfectionism or the compromises that come with settling for good enough. Good enough will suck life out of you and worse than that, it will rob you of what you could be with and for God. God says, Be ye perfect, for I am perfect. His perfection is completely different than perfectionism. His perfect means fulfilling your intended purpose. So as we close in our thoughts today, it is so tempting to stay busy and simply avoid thinking about why we make the choices we make. Even when the outcome leads us to fall victim to painful circumstances, we simply chalk it up to fate or bad luck or the fault of other people. But even, but there is a lesson to be learned in every situation if you're willing to pay attention. So when you know deep down that something isn't working, don't let fear, negative self-talk, or the well-meaning advice of others convince you that you have no choice other than to settle for good enough. You can at any time take charge of your lives if you will only believe that you are worth the effort to become the best that you can be for God. Will it be easy? Probably not. Are you worth it? Absolutely. So, the next time you're faced with a decision, instead of considering what's the easiest or most popular route, ask yourself what would lead to the life that God intends for you. It may not be easy, but it will be worth it. You can go and send us a message on our email address at rural.revitalization.ky 
at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook page, Rural Revitalization Network. And also you can go to our website and look at podcasts, uh, read articles, uh, see other things that we can um, uh, give you some resources for at rural-revitalization.network.